You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Good morning. My name's Winnie and I am one of the deacon here at Redeemer. It is such an honour to be sharing today's word with you. Throughout August, we'll be looking at Abraham's life in the book of Genesis. Noble did an amazing job kickstarting last week, looking at um, the call on Abraham's life. He talked about how God called Abraham from his place of comfort and promised to make him a great nation if he was faithful to his calling. The call that Abraham had on his life is an example where we can go to to reflect on what that means in our own life. No matter how old you are, God is challenging you to come out of your comfort zone, to be radical and mirror Abraham's faithfulness towards your own calling. This morning, in week two, I'll be looking at the covenant of Abraham in Genesis 15, 1 to 21. Us humans, we spend approximately six months of our lives waiting in line for things. In our lifetime, we spend an average of 43 days on hold to customer services. 27 days of our life is waiting on a platform or a bus stop. And the last five months of the global pandemic has had an increase on waiting times across the world. Our life of faith is pretty hard sometimes. As a Christian, we're called to live a life of faith in which we are to believe that what we see is not the final word. That is, we are called to believe that what we do not yet see is actually more real than what we often do see. Yet what we do see and what is currently happening in our life can often rock our boat and unsettle our fate. The difficulty in waiting for something for a long period of time than we probably ever choose for ourselves can make us lose hope. And this is often when doubt creeps in. We can become a bit uncertain and even unstable in our faith. For some of us waiting, what was once simple, easy and enjoyable becomes hard, heavy and draining. The thing with waiting and doubt is that it's inevitable. We have all experienced it in our lifetime and we will all continue to experience it. It can be really tough. As believers, we find ourselves waiting and praying and praying and waiting for things while standing on God's promises. We can be waiting for months for a new job, years for a baby and decades for the salvation of a loved one. That whole experience can become very disheartening. 
In Genesis 15, we see Abraham was struggling and being troubled with waiting on God's promises being fulfilled. In chapter 12, God had promised to make Abraham a great nation and a father of many descendants. And when we get to fifth chapter 15, a whole three chapters for us to read. However, from the promise to the promise being fulfilled, it was 25 years. Abraham is still waiting we see that God's promise was bouncing against Abraham's reality. Abraham's reality is that he was very old. And if we go by today's standard, Abraham should have been a great grandfather or even a great grandfather, not desiring to be a father. So what does Abraham do? He goes to call God. He goes to God and he calls out the elephant in the room. He addresses God. Sovereign God, you have promised me children and I remain childless. So a servant is going to be my heir. And God, in his most loving way, puts his arms around Abraham and takes him outside and says, look to the heavens and count the stars. And if you indeed can count how many, that shall be your offspring. And Abraham believed and God counted him righteous. Are we like that? Do we address doubt with going on our knees to our father for comfort and reassurance? Or do we allow doubt to make its way into our hearts and into our minds like a weed in a garden? So first issue is address. Abraham believes, he believes he's going to have children. But where are they going to live? He's really battling doubt now. So he goes to God again. And th- but this time, God, he draws up a covenant contract with Abraham, an oath. One that is binding and would have serious consequences if it was broken. In today's society, a contract with two people would be drawn up and when there's, when there's a lot at stake and a lot to lose, both parties would sign a contract with witnesses and if one broke that contract, they would be a big fine to pay. You see, contracts, they give us security and peace of mind. But back then, when a contract was made, it was dramatised, it was acted out. Animals were cut into half and the parties making the contract will walk through the two pieces of animals with blood and bodies scattered everywhere. 
binding a covenant contract with Abraham in this way was God's way of making it clear that his covenant promise and his oath could not be broken. This year, Vincent and I celebrate 15 years of being together and seven seven years of being married, blissfully married. I remember very early on in our relationship, God, God telling me that this was the man that I would marry, the one that I would build my life with. And so we courted and we met each other's family and we started talking and we started planning our life together, all that good stuff. But the road to the aisle was a long one. I got to the point where now I believed it was past the hour. And because things weren't moving along as quickly as I wanted it, doubt started creeping in like a weed. I had lots of questions. Did he want to marry me? Did I want to marry him? Was he the right man for me? Was I the right woman for him? Had we got it all wrong? I allowed the weed of doubt to consume me so much that I had now forgotten God's promises to me. Doubt took away my worth. It took away my trust in God. I became distant and I can no longer hear God like I once did before. You see, I got myself so emotionally tangled that when Vincent did propose, I no longer saw the blessing in front of me. So I said no. I had no peace with my decision. God spoke to me clearly through Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I had taken the control out of God's hands. I had taken God out of the driver's seat. I wanted to be control. I took the will. But rather than going straight to my destination, my life began to swerve from left to right. Impatient in the wait, doubt took over. It consumed me so much that I became anxious and frustrated, nearly losing Vincent. I realised that I had to remain resolute in prayer, especially in the midst of doubt. My conversation with God had to remain constant. When When Vincent did eventually propose again, it was the perfect time of God's 
revealing his covenant promise to me. It was not broken. It was not flawed, despite my initial misgivings on its value. Abraham's faith and hope in God's promise is our model of perseverance. Abraham is a perfect illustration of a man of faith who went all the way with God, totally trusting God in the the waiting for everything, even in the midst of unbelievable adversity. He is the example of where faith, hope and patience inherits the promise. So how does God offer us hope? He first gives a promise and then he swears by himself because there's no one greater than him to swear by. He swears that he's going to keep his promise. He stamps his name on his promise. So when we're tempted to throw in the towel or we're discouraged or we're afraid and when we feel that we're backed into a corner or when we give up or when circumstances overwhelm us or when the wait is longer than we hoped for, God gives us his promise and he gives us his oath. In Hebrews 6, 19, it says his hope is the anchor of the soul, of our soul, both sure and steadfast. Anchors are found in ships. They hold the weight of a ship. It secures its position in rough and stormy weather. A ship is at the mercy of the wind and the sea as it blows all over the place. But an anchor is what gives it stability to stand firm. God is the anchor to our soul. A promise by God cannot lie. To everyone who is struggling with waiting and doubts, his promise and oath to you is your, is your comfort and reassurance. So what do you do if you're dealing with doubts and you're waiting? For you today, that might mean that you accept the the assurance that God gives us through Jesus Christ. Or maybe you've been distant and far away from God for some time. His arms are wide open, ready for you to run inside. Or as a believer, You need to go on your knees and cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, 
This wait is long. I need some of the hope that you promise that will be the anchor to my soul. He is your comfort. He is your reward. And he is your shield. God bless you.